What we're trying to do is create healthy, productive members of society. And if we do that, we'll create better citizens, and that'll involuntarily create better mayors, better principals, better chiefs of police, and we'll have a society of gentlemen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First Person, where today you'll meet a pastor from Fort Worth, Texas, who is teaching young men how to be godly citizens in today's world. I'm Wayne Shepherd. glad to have you with us today. But just before I introduce you to our guest, I hope you'll make note of our website, firstpersoninterview.com. There you'll find more information about our guest, plus there's an archive of over 100 interviews which you can listen to anytime at your convenience. Just go online to firstpersoninterview.com. And don't forget to look us up on Facebook as well. You'll be able to connect with us and interact with other listeners. You'll find us at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Well, our guest today is the pastor of an inner-city church in Fort Worth, Texas. Dwayne Washington is also a professional musician, and we'll talk with him about that. But you'll learn about what he calls the Gentleman's Society, a biblical training program for young men to teach them values and respect. So when I sat down to talk with Dwayne recently, I asked him which came first, the music or the pastorate? You know, if uh, if we look at what the Bible says, that the number one, that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and that you know we're really called from the womb. What, what you'll find is, you know, like any other pastor and like any other musician, you know, life kind of prepares you for where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember the the day that I actually knew that I was going to become a musician. I was four years old, and I was in um, my elementary uh, elementary school, and I was in kindergarten. And a gentleman came in, and he was playing his saxophone for the class. And when I heard him play, I knew instinctively that is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Is that right? You were four years old? I was four. And, you know, now having, you know, four children of my own and my youngest being five, (laughs) you know, I think about how my mom must have felt when I came home from kindergarten saying, hey, mom, (laughs) I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. You You could probably barely muster the breath to blow that thing. (laughs) Oh, it's hilarious because— um, I had to wait about five or six years before I could actually play one. So before then, you know, I was playing like pianica and violin. And uh, even when I started, it was funny. I was in sixth grade and, I, you know, I was finally old enough to play saxophone, you know, and um, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready telling my mom, hey, you know, I'm ready to play. And the band director says, hey, we have too many saxophone players. You need to choose something else. <laughs> and I said, hey, look, I, I've been waiting for a long time. I'm going to get me a saxophone, and uh, and I did. Actually, he quit teaching the second week in school, so even though I had a saxophone, we really didn't have a teacher the entire year. Uh, so it started kind of rocky, and, and which is really a testimony in itself. The, the Bible says that, you know, the end of a thing is better than the beginning, yes. <laughs> and, and, and there is living proof, right? <laughs> well, it, it, uh, you and I met uh, just last Christmas when I emceed a Christmas event, and you happened to be in the band playing a mean saxophone. And uh, we struck up a friendship that day, and I, I just was intrigued by uh, how God has moved in your life and how He's using you. So, but it did begin with music, huh? It it began with music at a young age, and um, it's funny that you know I didn't grow up in church at all. I mean, we didn't go to church at all. I, I had a you know a great mom and everything, but we just we just didn't go to church. Um, and I started going to church when I got older. I remember, as a matter of fact, someone asked me. I was a senior in high school, and they asked me to come play 
for their musical. And so I said, sure. And I went and played for the musical and I ended up going to that church. And ironically, that church ended up kicking me out. <laughs> so have you ever wondered if if people are kicked out of uh, of churches? Let me tell you something. It happens. They stopped me at the door. All right. I'm not said, gonna hey. I'm not gonna ask you what happened, but 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 I but and I, I and actually no, I'll tell you though, I mean it was it was weird. I used to uh, I used to work at a gas station and uh, so I used to go to church and I would go to the gas station and they said, you know what, hey, you know, you're just not dressed right. You know, you got tennis shoes on, you know, jeans on, and you just, it's just not the place for you. You know, could you just not come back? And and I did. Uh, I, just, I, I honored that request. Actually, I honored that request for a while. This is funny. So years later, you know, things go by. I become a preacher. Then I become a pastor, you know, ordained pastor and, and get a church and all of these things. And I knew God was going to send me back to that church one day and have to preach, right? <laughs> so what's actually happened a couple of times in a couple of different ways. I had an uncle that passed away, and they called me and said, hey, look, we really want you to come and preach this funeral. I don't know how I became the funeral guy, but, you know, so I would come back and say, Gotta hey, start not, someplace. A, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I knew it. It was like I asked them, okay, what church you know, are you having the funeral at? So they told me, and I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So I came back. And uh, it was funny. So when I came in, there were there were three things that really hit me. Number one, the people who were uh, the pastor had died. He wasn't even there anymore. Um, the people who were so against me being there, they either did not recognize me or they were not there. Um, and then there were people who were like, "Hey, we missed you. We love you," and the whole nine. Um, but because I really just wanted to kind of get in and get out, so I got up. You know, I, I did you know my thing there, and then I left. And I really didn't think anything of it. It was funny because my mom, she wasn't able to attend the funeral, but she got all kind of calls after that. She was like, hey, we don't know who this young man is. Came in, was phenomenal, was great, you know, and preached this message. We've never heard it like this before, and which really blew me away because I, I didn't see any of that. I really just thought I was trying to get in and get out. Um, so God must have did something with the, the, the eyes and ears of those individuals. He transformed the message some kind of way. Uh, but but it's, it's funny because on one end, I kind of was like, I, you know, I, I know I was going to have to come back here. And, and can I hold it long enough? Can I not show, you know, what I really felt, you know, so that the people wouldn't be vexed? But on the other end, and this is kind of where I am now, I'm so thankful that that was part of of my my uh, my journey because hmm. I I would not be where I am now had they not released me to go to the next level and mm-hmm. so a lot of times we look at at one door shutting um, as as you know us being put out or in this case if you don't grow up in church and a church puts you out you already think you're not good enough to go to church yeah sure and then when you get put out of a church it kind of solidifies that thought. Yep. Yep. It's here's, hard here's hard to poop. find your way back again. I understand that. Exactly. Well, exactly. well, when did Christ come into your life? You know, it, it is this is this is so weird because at the same time that I was at this church, one of the things that I just loved that they did for me and I really appreciate it is that they they bought me a Bible. And they bought me a Bible and I actually read it. <laughs> I did. I read it. I opened it up, I read it all the time and read it from cover to cover. And I really think that part of why they kicked me out is really not because of what I wore. It's because of all the questions that I asked, oh. you know? And and it's kind of funny. There was a few things that kind of happened at the same time. Uh, and I know this is going to sound really weird, 
um, it, it sounds really strange right now, even as I say it, but it was real to me then. I thought the world was going to end. Hmm. You know, so I had read the Bible, and one of the things that <laughs> that, I, that I had really caught on to um, was the the Bible start talking about end times and 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 all of the the seals being broken and all of these things and and wars and rumors of wars. Well, at that time, it was uh, roughly uh, uh, 1992, and at that time, there was for the first time in, in my lifetime, we had begun to go to war. And so you see all of these wars started happening yeah. and on all these conflicts all over. And, and I really thought this was it, you know, this was it. God's coming back and, and, and it's over. And, and I'm like, let me take a, a real good look at my life. Am I ready to go? Well, you know, can I just came, interrupt you and say that you were right? The timing may, be, may have been a little off, but you were right about that. The world is going to end. It's, it's coming. It's coming, you know. And, and, and I was like... Am, am I really ready? You know, and I'm reading this Bible and I was like, how? Do, because if you're not at a church that really teaches salvation, I mean, not, I'm, I'm not talking about teaching what we call the right hand of fellowship. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you really have professed Christ. You've, you've gone to Romans 10 and 9 um, and, and you've said, you know what? I've invited him to my heart. I believe in the death, burial and resurrection. You know, I'm going to follow his way. I found that not all churches are teaching that. And if, if you've never heard that, then you, you're confused about this thing called Christianity, this thing called heaven and being saved. You know, it's not about me trying to do more good than I did bad um, and, and still not professing Christ as the leader of my life. So at that time, I was probably, um, I was 17, almost 18, and I was like, you know what? I've got to invite him into this is what this Bible says. You know, he upon, call upon the Lord shall be saved. You know, that that and I read through Romans 10 and 9, uh, actually 9 and 10 and just professing Christ in my life at that age when I was a senior in high school. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's when, you know, I invited the Lord into my life. And quite honestly, here's the weird thing. I didn't think about it to just now. That is almost the exact same time I met my wife. Is that right? <laughs> yep, and we've been together now for 20 years, been married for 17. And I didn't, to just now, Wayne, I didn't, I didn't put those two things together. Yeah, isn't that It was something? almost the same time. Huh. Well, you know, we're going to have to skip a lot. Uh, there's so much that I'd love to ask you about your life. Uh, but just tell me about now. You, you pastor a church now in Fort Worth, right? Right. Wayne, we've got the Love Church downtown Fort Worth. It's at the AMC Palace Theater, a, a working movie theater downtown. You know, we're a church that's just loving on people. You know, it, we say all the time, if you ain't loving, you ain't living. And really based on one thing, when they ask Christ what's the most important commandment, they said, you know what, to love God with everything you got and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is exactly what we're doing at the Love Church in Fort Worth. And we'll continue our conversation with Pastor Dwayne Washington from Fort Worth, Texas, coming up today on First Person. In the weeks ahead, you'll be hearing about the Freedom Climb, a project by a group of women who are focused on the plight of at-risk women and children who are exploited, enslaved, oppressed, and trafficked. This group from Operation Mobilization will tackle climbing one of the peaks on Mount Everest to raise support through the Freedom Climb, and you can help. Just visit firstpersoninterview.com to learn more about the Freedom Climb and what you can do to support them with your gifts and prayers. Look for the link to the Freedom Climb at firstpersoninterview.com. 
My guest on First Person today is Dwayne Washington, who's a pastor from Fort Worth, Texas. The Love Church is his church, and he's a musician. He's a he, you play probably more than the saxophone, but I got to hear you play the saxophone at Christmas time. And I don't know, do you play other instruments too, Dwayne? Um, I do play flute. As a matter of fact, um, most people think I'm only a flautist for some reason. <laughs> a lot of stuff that we have that's on the radio is just me playing flute. But is I that play, right? I'd yeah. love to hear you play that sometime. All right. Well, I, I love uh, what you do. You have uh, just great, great licks, great jazz licks to what you do, and I, I just love to hear you play. But Praise the real God. reason I wanted to talk to you today was to both get your story and to get your vision, because God has planted you there in Fort Worth, I think, for some very specific reasons. One of them is something called the Gentleman's Society, and I want you to talk to us about the Gentleman's Society. What is it, and what is your vision for it, Dwayne? The Gentleman's Society is an organization, uh, a youth organization, that takes young men between 8 and 18 and trains them how to become gentlemen. And, Wayne, we do that through 23 different courses. So we teach them everything from speech and communication, anger management, behavior modification, how to treat a lady. Um, We even have a course on how to dress properly. We call it dressing for the occasion, teaching the difference between white tie, black tie, business, business casual, what have you interviewing, fine dining, you name it. All right. Now, this this is not a prep school that you're doing this in. This is an inner city neighborhood. So who are these kids? Well, you know what? It's funny. We get kids from all walks of life. Now, we started the the organization in um, a project housing here in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, So in the middle of the projects, these kids that don't have anything, we went into the middle of of the uh, housing projects. They had a small library there, and we started teaching these kids that. And it's branched off from there, from libraries to schools to different neighborhoods and other churches. And and now we have people picking up the the organization from all around the world. As a matter of fact, it's... um, uh, we have a, a site starting in New Zealand in the next 30 days or so. Right. So things are really, really, um, um, God has just really blessed this organization to do some marvelous things. So I'm just really proud to, proud to be part of it. And and it's Bible-based. How old are the kids who participate? Uh, anywhere from 8 to 18. And do they come to you voluntarily? Um, usually, what happens is, is a couple of things. Um, now because... The organization has gotten a, a little bigger, and people kind of know about it. We get calls from moms that are, are having issues is usually what happens. So they have a son that uh, maybe the father is locked up, or maybe they met or never met their father, or they're having some type of issue. Um, it, that's not a requirement to get into our organization, but most of our kids fall in that particular category. Uh, when we're at schools, the school actually will choose the kids to be part of that organiza- part of our organization. And once again, it usually kind of falls into the same vein. Uh, same thing with churches. So if we're implementing at a church, those kids that are involved in that particular church. Uh, as far as the vision for the organization, it's really twofold. I mean, it's very simple. We call it Gentleman Society because that is our vision is to create a society of gentlemen. What we're trying to do is create healthy, productive members of society. And if we do that, if we if we focus on creating those better members of society, we'll, we'll create better citizens, and that'll in, in, involuntarily create better mayors, better principals of schools, better chiefs of police, better presidents. It will just it will just trickle down, and we'll have a society of gentlemen, and then we won't need gentlemen society. It's amazing how God is using this, and it's amazing that you you base what you teach these young men on what God's Word says. It, it's all right there, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny because in uh, in in all the time that we've been teaching it, the 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 courses have not changed. And when when you think about why they haven't changed, it's because every course, even even the dressing for the occasion course, if you go back in our curriculum, you will find the scriptures that these courses are based on. And as we go into different areas, even uh, of the city or of the state or of the country, everyone believes that the issues that they have are unique. Um, but but what we found is that the organization and what we teach doesn't need to change. And the reason why it doesn't change and the reason that it works everywhere is that the Bible works everywhere. And and those words that are written in the Bible are true and they work. And our our whole program, every single course is based on a set of scripture. And the whole course itself is, is based on the fact that we should train up a child in Proverbs 22. You know, train up the child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. That's what we're doing. Hmm. And in every, every, I'm telling you, Wayne, every, Everyone has a, a biblical base. And so because that base is there, the foundation is strong. And so the, the courses that are based on top of it, they, they just work. I, you know, I wish I could say I was a genius and came up with all of it. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's all based on the Bible. I mean, it's all there. And now we, we do have um, sometimes when we're teaching in, in a in a in a in a uh, a Bible setting, like if we're in a church, we can we bring out all the aspects of the scriptures. Um, when we're in a school, you know, we're, we we may be teaching about not to have debt, and we may be teaching about how to manage your money, which is really coming from Proverbs twenty two, um, saying that the, the 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 borrower is slave to the lender. So we may never say that's in Proverbs. We may not even say that, but we're, we're going to teach on that particular principle so that you can still get it, no matter how we're teaching it, and because the those principles are rooted and grounded in the word. They just work no matter where you are. Now, we're going to put a link on our website for a video where people can actually see you in front of some of these young men. So uh, go to firstpersoninterview.com and, and look for that link. But when these when these young men come and, and you teach them, you don't allow them to come in T-shirts and shorts and tennis shoes, do you? Well, let me let me let me kind of back up with that. Now, we never expect you to act on anything that we hadn't taught. So, it, we all we what we do is we actually will take pictures of people on day one. We started doing this so you can actually see the transformation. Because when they show up on day one, they some of them, I mean, pants sagging. You, you I mean, you yeah. name it. Yep, we we've seen it all. But what we do, and we actually don't teach kids to pull up their pants. What we do is we teach them how to care about their appearance. Now, once they go through dressing for the occasion, when they learn the difference between black tie, white tie, business, business casual, after that time, they have to show up in business attire every time. But very often, these are 10, 11-year-old kids. Uh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, if, if you, if you, the video that I think you're, um, that you're showing online, these kids are 8, 9, and 10 years old, and they're in the middle of the projects. Um, some of them never met their, their dad. Some of them, their mom is, is, you know, strung out on crack, and we will tell them, you need to come with a suit and tie next Thursday. And there is no excuse. <laughs> what we will tell kids is that if a crackhead can use it as an excuse, then you can. But if they can't use it as an excuse, neither can you. And so I will not accept as an excuse I did not have any money to buy a tie because a crackhead would never say, I would get high, but I don't have the money for crack. When they're asked, um, you know, what it's like, what they're learning, they, they'll answer, I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man who treats women with respect. Uh, it's just amazing to see what you accomplish in the lives of these young boys. 
You know, I, I wish I could say it's me, Wayne, but once again, uh, the, everything is based on what this Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit-inspired Bible, okay? So all of those principles are there. I, all I'm doing is just walking that out, and all I'm doing is just really loving on them, showing them, showing up, giving them a voice, and teaching them exactly what a father would teach his kid before he's 18. All of these principles would be there. The, the, the problem is that we don't have a lot of strong male figures in these kids' lives, not even at school. You, you'll find situations where their school is all female, the principal, the vice principal, even the janitors. And so all, all I'm really doing is standing up, doing what the Bible says to do. And, that, and that's pretty much it. It's really not, it's, I wish I could say it's genius, but yep. it's really not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, I, I understand. We give the Lord the credit. There's no question about it personalize this for me. Tell me about a, a young man. Tell me his story and what difference this is making in his life. You know, I, I like to tell um, a story about a young man that, that now he actually does our social media. He's not a young man anymore. He's, he's grown up into a, a, a nice, I'd say a nice uh, man. He's, a, he's in his young, um, early 20s. And this young man actually started gangbanging when he was 11. Um, and, and he wasn't one of those gangbangers that, you know, was in it just to kind of figure it out or, you know, he, he got jumped in and, and kind of didn't have a choice and was really wanting to get out. This is one of those kids that actually liked it. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed every aspect of it. And he got involved in gentleman society. Matter of fact, he was in one of the earlier, he, he jokes all the time now and saying he was one of the guinea pigs for gentleman society. <laughs> he was in one of the earlier courses um, where we were still now it's all packaged. It's, it's great. And, you know, we can do it all over the world where you got to remember, we didn't plan on that being the case. Right. I, I actually wrote this for the kids at our church, you know, back in the day, because we had a lot of programs for young women and nothing for uh, young men. And so that's that's where it really originated from. So he was one of the very first ones to kind of go through it. And and we watched him. We watched him go from a gangbanger to, you know, turn into a great student and we watched, you know, the A's start to come. And then we watched, um, you know, the, the, the newspaper start doing stories on him. And, and then we watched um, as, uh, as the offer started coming in for college. Well, I wanted, uh, I wanted our listeners to know about the Gentleman's Society. As you said, God is beginning to use this in other places other than Fort Worth, and it's actually moving around the world now, and we're so excited about that. And we're going to put information on our website about it, but you got to feel that God is using you in a spectacular way, Dwayne. Uh, God bless. Thank you, and may God just continue to bless you in everything you do. Um, and on all the shows that you have and the golden voice that you have, I really appreciate everything that you've done for me and those that you've done across the country and actually across the world. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so glad we had the chance today to introduce you to the Gentleman's Society and the man behind this vision to reach young men, Dwayne Washington. During our conversation, I mentioned the video which tells the story of Dwayne working with these young men. We'll place a link to that video on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Plus, you'll find other links to this ministry and what you can do to help. It's all at firstpersoninterview.com. Also at the website, by the way, there's a schedule of upcoming programs so you can see what's coming in the weeks ahead. Plus, there's an archive of past interviews which you can listen to at your own convenience. Once again, our website is firstpersoninterview.com. And don't forget about Facebook. We're found there at facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, our guest will be Wally Kulikoff, whose life story is an amazing testimony of God leading his family. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, 
I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you next week on First Person.